Good evening. I'll tell you a story. This is a true story that happened. A certain lady worked in Tel Aviv, and uh, she lived in Jerusalem. She was coming home from work one day, and there was a traffic jam. The traffic just stopped, it didn't move. And she did what she usually did. In her glove compartment in the car, she took out a safer to hit him, and she said a peric to hit him. That's what she always did. It, was, it wasn't something so unusual to have a traffic jam on the way from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It was quite long. It took quite a long time. This traffic jam took quite a long time to clear up. She thinking maybe there was an accident, and so it was. As she drove past afterwards, she saw when it started to move the traffic, she saw that there was an ambulance, there was somebody on a stretcher. So she had said her Tehillim and Yat Sashem, everything should be okay. She got home and went about her business. She told nobody about this. There wasn't anything yet to tell. It was something that was not unusual for a traffic jam and for, uh, for her to be saying Tehillim. Three months later, she was sitting in a PTA in her daughter's school, waiting for her turn to meet the teacher. A woman came up to her, tapped her on the shoulder and said, I'd like to speak to you. She doesn't know the lady. She comes up, she walks outside with the lady, she wants to talk to her. The lady says to her, I just wanted to thank you. She says, <clears throat> You must be mixing me up with someone. Uh, I don't know you. She says, no, no, you don't know me, but I know you. Three months ago, I was in an accident. Right? You were driving from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? She says, yes. Right, you said to Helim? Uh, yes. Well... I was the lady on the stretcher. I had a clinical death. And as we know from reports of millions of people who have had clinical deaths, my soul left my body. And there were words of Tehillim coming from your car that were pushed my soul back into my body. It's hard to make up such stories. This is a reality. Nobody knew about this. She didn't tell anyone about the Tehillim. This woman recognized her, and it was true. And that is what has been reported. Clinical deaths, we know people have reported that one particular lady was blind from death, from birth, and uh, she had an operation when she was in the situation of a clinical death, and she told the surgeon what color his tie was. Huh? How did she see? She was blind from birth. Because when the soul is out of the body, there's no barrier of the body. So things are seen differently. We live in a world that is deceiving. It's not the bodies. We're not, a, we're not bodies, we are souls. So when it comes to praying, when it comes to saying to Hilim, you should know Rabbi Yoshir, Chatzadik Vakodesh Levrocha, was once asked, is there any benefit in women saying to Hilim?
You know, they sit on one leg some of the time, they're cooking and they're running after the two-year-old and, they're, and, they're, and they're, they're kind of busy. And they're also saying Tahini and waiting for a bus. They're, they're busy though, but it's not with such great intention. Let's be honest. Is there any benefit in this? And the Rav answered, he said, there are certain things that need intention. Otherwise, they don't work. There are such things. But Tehillim is not one of them. So say Tehillim. Ve'yishlach leketz hayamin meshicheinu lifdot mechakei ketz Yeshuato. By the end of days, he'll send Moshiach to redeem those who longingly await his coming. Our answer to troubles, and there are troubles, eight tzarali Yaakov, there are many troubles in Am Yisrael. Our answer to troubles, as we are guided by our sages and by the great, great G'dolei Yisrael of our generation, are the following. First and foremost, tshuva, repentance. That's number one. Something happens, we need to repent. We need to yafashfesh b'masav. Look into ourselves, see what can we improve, what can we do. Tshuva is not so, so complicated. Four major principles. Be sorry, charota, for what we did. Azivatachet, leave that what we were doing. Vidui, confess to Hashem. And kavalah la'atid, accepting for the future, not to repeat that same sin. Furthermore, we're instructed, what do we do? What are we going to do at some times to survive this period that we're in of Ikvedah the Mashiach, where we hear the footsteps of Mashiach, but he's not yet here? And the instructions of our sages are as follows. Yasok ugmilut chasadim. Torah and the doing of kindness. Now, Rabbi Yoshiv, the Chetzadik Kodesh Livrocha, asked the following question. We say three times a day when we pray, Shmone Esrei, we say three times a day the brocha of tshuva. There's a brocha of repentance. That's a strange beginning. The brocha of repentance starts like this. Hashivenu avinu secha, And then it goes on, and then it ends... In other words, this is a bracha of repentance. But look at its beginning. The beginning of it says, bring us back, our Father, to your Torah. And only at the end it says, and then help us repent. Bring us back to you in repentance. So he explains, Rabbi Yoshif, the only way that we really can repent and make tshuva is First, we've got to be close to the Torah. We've got to know the laws. Otherwise, we aren't going to be able to make tshuva because we don't know what we're doing wrong. So simple. We simply have to, this is our answer to all our troubles, any form and shape of troubles, public troubles, personal troubles. Learn our Torah. Now, men are commanded to learn Torah even not for the necessarily in order to keep certain mitzvot. The learning of Torah per se. We ladies, 
have to learn our Torah, anything that has, has got to do with what we have to keep. Therefore, first and foremost, the Torah, the main basis of Torah is emuna, belief in Hashem. But we all believe in Hashem. Many people believe in Hashem. Wait a second. But bringing that emuna close to home, that's bitochon, that's already trusting in Hashem. Bitochon ultimately is comprehending, integrating that ein od milvadoi, there is no other power, there is no other anything that can harm us. Everything and anything. Knives are sticks. Germs are sticks. Car accidents are sticks. Whatever happens, there's somebody who holds a stick. Only a doggy bites the stick when he gets a smack from a stick. Because it's not the stick hitting him. There's someone who holds the stick. There's a master who holds the stick. The concept of Einod Milvodo, which we need to be living and we have to integrate, is literally nothing has power and then we can't be, won't be afraid of anything. There's nothing to be afraid of. How can we be afraid of, the, of as it's brought down, of the bear and the lion and, and the dagger and the sword, etc.? We have only one thing to fear, and that's that we are listening to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what God tells us to do. Then there's all the laws that are pertained. For example, a basis of Torah law is Shabbos. There isn't a possibility, our sages tell us, of keeping Shabbos if we don't know the laws of Shabbos. And there are many, many laws. So learning the laws. Learning the laws of Shabbos. It's always something new we're going to learn. And there there are mitzvot that are particular to us as women. The laws of Tairat HaMishpacha. We aren't going to be able to keep those laws unless we know the laws. And then there are all the man-to-man -man laws. Not gossiping, not speaking bad about someone, speaking nice things to people, all the man-to-man. -man. And what about respecting parents? People have parents. Kibudorim is one of the greatest the most important mitzvot in the Torah. We have to learn the laws. So we've got lots and lots of learning of Torah that will keep us busy. We won't be able to be afraid of anything. We'll just be so busy learning all the different laws. The purpose of the mitzvahs, which is the laws of which is our business to learn, the purpose of these mitzvahs is not to do God, Hashem, a favor. He doesn't need them. Hashem gave us the mitzvahs, a present. They're like a ladder to get up to him, to cleave to him, because that's our job in this world. That's our role. That, that is our purpose in this world. We were created to cleave to Hashem. And the way to get there is through the mitzvot, through the commandments. It all stems from a basic understanding that Hashem loves us. He loves us so much, He wants to give us reward for eternity. But in order for us to earn this reward, because only then is the, the, the reward going to be real, a real reward, He gives us this little world. 
plus minus 120 years to live in. This world is called Navatatlaot, the world of trials and tribulations. And he gives us these trials and tribulations as a present. Why presents? Because we are meant to, through this world, earn the reward of eternity that he has awaiting us, that he can't wait to give us. But we need him with us. We need siyata deshmaya. We need help from heaven. We need divine assistance. Otherwise, we can't do anything. We can't afford to lose Hashem's protection. The Vilna Gaon brings down that the protection for a man is the learning of Torah. The parallel to this, says the Vilna Gaon, for women, their protection is modesty. What does this mean? Men have to learn all their life Torah every day. They're going to have to give judgment on wasting time. It's a lifetime thing. What on earth is there to learn about modesty? What is this? It's a lifetime. It's a parallel. That's our protection, modesty. So obviously there's more here than meets the eye. Harav Shach, the God of our generation, said the following. The Torah that the men learn goes to the evil forces, said Harav Shach, if the wives of the le people learning Torah are not dressed modestly. In addition, said Rav Shach, it's an enormous chilul Hashem. It's a desecration of God's name. Why? He explained. He said if the other nations, if some of the other nations are more modest than we are, that is the biggest desecration of God's name because we were put in this world to be an or lagoyim, a light unto the nations. This area, which we are talking about, this area of modesty, is the only situation in the whole of Torah, the only situation that the following is said about it, if, says Hashem, if Hashem sees some immodesty, Hashem turns away from us. No more protection. He's not in our midst. Turns away. Now let's be honest. Let's admit we're all ladies. We are influenced by society around us. It's a fact. All people are influenced by their surroundings. We are influenced. In addition, our sensitivity to what is and what isn't modest also is lowered due to being influenced by society around us. This is a fact. 
So let's put the subject of modesty on the table. The principle behind the whole concept of modesty is that Hashem created the world in such a way that men are attracted to women. Full stop. Now, perhaps somebody has a suggestion that maybe we just blindfold the men. It won't work because they'll crash into the trees. It doesn't work. So there's no way of blindfolding them because that's the problem. So we have no option. So we've just got to rise to the challenge with all its difficulties, which it has. We have to understand that the essence of modesty, that a woman is not allowed to draw attention of a man. Full stop. Now, men are commanded to guard their eyes, yeah? even without the blindfold. They're, guard, they're meant to lower their eyes, guard their eyes. Don't envy them in today's society. Don't, don't wish you were a man. It's a very, very difficult situation. But that's their commandment and that's their challenge. That you shouldn't follow your hearts and your eyes. That's a commandment to men. So we understand here that there's a tremendous power to sight. Re'iya, to sight, has a tremendous power. Sight creates a reality. The following story is true, told by Rav Chaim Vital, comes from the writings of the Ari HaKadosh. And this is what he writes. There was a shul in Turkey, where by the Aron Kodesh, there was a big ostrich egg hanging. An ostrich egg in a shul, hanging up by the Aron Kodesh, for everyone to see. An ostrich egg is very big. What was the purpose of this? An ostrich is the only bird that does not sit on its egg for the egg to hatch. So how do the little ostriches get born? The ostrich stands a little bit in sight of her egg and stares at the egg with her eyes. And that causes the little baby chick ostriches to get born. That is why in the shul they hung an ostrich egg to remind the people of the power of sight. Now, sight leads to thought. Machshava. Where a man's thought is, that is where he is. Full stop. Because the essence of man is not his body, but his soul. Now, the Chofetz Chaim brings down, the subject was very dear to the Chofetz Chaim. He has letters about it, books written about it. He brings down that Hashem is with us in all the exiles. Hashem is with us in exile. In the Golus, Hashem is with us. And we cannot afford 
for him to leave. Now we're, it says, talk to the clever and they will become more clever. We're all modest. We all want to be modest. Who amongst us wants to be immodest? So what we have to do then, seeing this is what G'dolei Israel, our sages of our time, are telling us that we have to do, we have to define a little bit more in detail what is modesty. Perhaps we should start with defining what is immodesty. We'll explain this in the following way. The word for immodesty is pritsut. Yeah? Let's say we have a pipe. A pipe. On the one side is the lady's femininity, her feminine essence. It's meant to get to the other side of the pipe where her husband is. That's what it was created for. Her feminine essence was created for her husband. And let's describe her feminine essence as some beautiful, pure water flowing in this pipe. Fine, no problem. All while it's flowing in the pipe, going from A to B, going from her to her husband, no problem. But what happens if we drill a hole in the pipe, whew, and burst forth this water spills out, in other words, her feminine essence spills out into the street. That is lifrots, to burst forth, that is what means pritsut. The bursting forth of her feminine essence, her femininity, where it doesn't belong, where it is not allowed to be. That is what immodesty means. But the issue is, we are not intending to be immodest. There's no intention here. But in this case, intention won't, or lack of intention, doesn't help us. When it comes to the bottom line, and we are judged ultimately on this, and the vast majority of the judgment of a lady, after 120 years, is on the subject of modesty. So ultimately, if we say, but I didn't intend, that wasn't my intention. What can I do? Some men looked at me. Well, that's not, I didn't intend that. It doesn't help. Intention or lack of intention in this case does not help. So it won't help us say, well, I didn't intend, but it just looks pretty. I didn't intend that this is something that's uh, going to arouse, be arousing or seductive or provocative or whatever it is to men. Didn't intend. Won't help. The Chofetz Chaim says the following. She shouldn't let, this is a quote, her, the evil intention, the evil inclination mislead her that she must beautify herself for her husband because that is only in private where there is only wife and husband. So therefore, yes, her femininity is for him, but it can't spill out anywhere else. Clothes, which the majority of modesty we're talking is about clothes, although modesty has got to do with behavior as well, obviously. But we have to start from somewhere, and the outward is the place we start. So clothes have to cover, obviously, but that is not sufficient. It's not only a matter of covering, because there are certain coverings that emphasize that which they're meant to be covering more than they're covering. So clothes 
are not allowed to emphasize that which is meant to be concealed and hidden. And what will happen? So what happens if immodesty is there, her appearance is seductive, provocative, alluring, whatever you want to call it. What happens? This causes tremendous damage to the world Hashem created. Hashem created a world that he wants for perfection of the world because it mixes up all the channels of abundance that Hashem says, the Atzinorot Shefa, channels of abundance Hashem sends to the world, and they all get mixed up. She suffers, her husband suffers, the other man suffers, his wife suffers. There's a whole mix-up. And this causes great sorrow to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem gets very sad because this is what he didn't, did not intend us in the world. And he leaves. Shav miachorecha, he turns away. When beauty becomes a ruler, it turns into a tyrant. The Golos we're in, as we know, the second Beit HaMikdash was destroyed because of causeless hatred, sinas chinam. What is the other side? What do we have to correct this with? Avas chinam, causeless love. Have we ever given thought to the fact The greatest love we can show another person is not to cause the person to sin. Man is, is described as a blind man when it comes to women. So it's like putting an obstacle in front of a blind man and he can trip. That is how it is described. We wouldn't want to be that obstacle that can cause someone to trip. So the greatest love, the greatest avas chinam we can do is not to be an obstacle. And it's a challenge. This is our challenge. Hashem doesn't put us here. Uh, we're not in Gan Eden yet. It's not a place to sleep. Here we have a challenge. It is a challenge. It's a real, real challenge. But we have to have the strength to integrate the fact that we can do it. Hashem never gives an isoyo and a challenge to a person or a generation that they cannot handle. That's why nisayon is melashon nes, like the flag, yeah, that, that they become out a winner. Hashem gives challenges that we can handle. In other words, we can handle this challenge. We're able to handle it. We can be modest. It's absolutely in our hands because when we were created, as Hashem created every part of us, every little part of us, Shasani Hashem created us exactly according to his will. And with every part of us that he created, he said, be modest, be modest. So we're able to be modest. We can, we can be there. It's not out of our reach. So we should all be getting up and dancing. This is just like such a source of joy. How proud can, can people get? That we should, our hearts should soar with the honor, with the with the merit that we have.
to be princesses of Hashem. You know, the Magidmi Duvna tells a beautiful mashal. He says there was a certain diamond merchant who used to have an arrangement with a certain porter to come and pick up uh, his suitcases for him when he arrived at the rail station from a business trip. One day the, the porter arrives and uh, he picks up the man's suitcases and he exclaims, wow, your suitcases are so heavy this time. The diamond merchant uh, faints. The porter thinks, goodness me, I just wanted a tip. These suitcases are so heavy this time, I think I deserve a little bit more money, that's all. The man comes around and he starts to say, look, I don't know what you're getting so nervous. I just think that your suitcases are so heavy this time that I need a tip. The man faints again. He said, okay, okay, I'm not speaking about this anymore. The man comes around, he says, don't you understand what you're saying to me? I'm a diamond merchant. Diamonds are light. So if my suitcases are very heavy, someone must have stolen the diamonds and put inside heavy rocks. And you don't want me to faint? Says the Magid Duvna. Mitzvahs are like diamonds. They're meant to be light. So if we're schlepping, if we're carrying rocks around, and it's very difficult for us in any area of the observance of mitzvahs, then it's our business to... Raise it. The more we know about a subject, the more we learn about a subject, the higher we raise it. If Shabbos is hard for us to observe, learn about Shabbos. Read about Shabbos. We'll uplift Shabbos. If modesty is difficult for us, learn about modesty. Read about modesty. We start moving and we get a tremendous yatadashmaya. We get a tremendous help from heaven that will open us, open doors for us of understanding, of uplifting we get closer to Hashem in this way. So we're going to be dressing not for the Shekhinah, the neighbor, but rather for the Shekhinah, the divine presence. That is who we want to find favor in the eyes of. We want to dress that will bring nachas to Hashem, that he will be pleased with us. So when we get ready to leave the house and we have a look in the mirror to see that how we are looking, it's a different look. Our look has to be, as we look in the mirror, am I properly concealing my femininity? Rather than, how gorgeous, alluring, seductive, and provocative do I look? It's a different look. When the body is concealed, the soul shines forth. Emphasizing the external it dims the centrality of the soul. The Chofetz Chaim explains that the end of the Golos, the end of the exile, which is where we are right now, as Rav Chaim Kanievsky said recently, Mashiach mamash papetach. Mashiach's at the door. What mamash means? How many minutes, how many days, how many months? We don't know what that means, but that's he's saying something, giving us a message. And he says, the Chofetz Chaim, that there's a terrible battle that takes place in our times between Kedusha and Tuma, between the forces of purity and impurity. And the Ramchal explains, one needs great intelligence to escape the bad. And as it says in Chovat Levavot, in the duties of the heart, intelligence is shame. 
Shame is intelligence. So we're all intelligent. We all know what our sages have told us. Everything comes from the woman. And it says that we are going to be redeemed in the merit of the righteous woman of the generation. That's a fact, the same as we redeemed the first time. So it says we are going to be redeemed in the merit of the righteous. And that's you. How many of us are there? Most Jewesses in the world don't know anything about Hashem or Torah. Those who do know, it's in our hands. We have to make up for all those who don't. We have to be there for many others. There's a power that we have. We don't only get influenced from the street. We also have the power to influence the street, to influence other Jews. Rabbi Sorel Salanta said that when they, in the base Midrash in Kovna, they don't speak Loshon Hora, they don't speak um, what they're not allowed to be speaking, they guard their tongue, then in Paris, a Jew will not machalel Shabbos. A Jew will then keep Shabbos. What's the connection? That Jew's in Kovna. That Jew's in Paris. One's to do with Shuras Aloshan, guarding one's tongue. The other one's to do with the Shabbos. Yes, that's how it works, because we are one big body of souls originating with 600,000 souls of Am Yisrael. And we have a power to influence all other Jews. So if we go home and we open our cupboards tonight and we take out that clothes, it was too short. We gained a bit of weight. It's too short. Put it on a pile to fix or on a pile to give it away to someone who's shorter than us. If we do any little step in a direction of improvement, this has tremendous power. Do you know that that little action, it takes two minutes to go to the cupboard and, and throw something out. It was waiting to be thrown out a long time. But it's hard to, it's sometimes hard to separate from things. And anyway, you're going to lose a bit of weight and it's going to be long enough maybe in the future. And, and we know it's hard to throw out. Throw it away. Do you know that you could save, this is a real issue, you could save somebody from a knife of one of those people with knives in the street nowadays. We have such power. This is the influence in Amisrael. This is how we influence. We don't only influence in Amisrael, we influence the whole world. Rebetzin Kanievsky, Alea Shalom, told me the following story. This was 10 days before she passed away in her house. She told me a story that a group of girls came to her and uh, she gave them a lecture about modesty. They went back, they decided they're all going to do this together. They're from some seminary in the north, and they're all going to do it together. They all took out their clothes, they made a pile, that one to give away, that one to fix, that one to whatever, to burn, and they decided they're going to fix up. At that moment, when they all got together in the dining room, there was found an enormous car full of bombs. Kilos and kilos of bombs that would have caused, they said, thousands of Jews in Haifa. It didn't go off. Said It's obvious. Who saved everybody? Why didn't it go off? Those girls did it. Simple. <coughs> Rabbi Elia Lopian brings down 
that every small action has tremendous power at the end of days when this battle is almost at the end. The battle is almost there. At a time like this, any small action can be that which will be the reason, will cause us to be the winners. Rabbi Yoshev explained that man is a small world. He has to fix himself. And with that, he influences the whole world. And we can overcome the obstacles, the advertisements. You know, advertising does pay. Otherwise, people wouldn't be wasting their money on advertising. Have a look at the advertisements. Almost all of them are going to be about something about women and their looks. Everyone. That's another name for an evil inclination. He's called everyone. We can create a new everyone. It's in our power. How do we do this? What is the key that we have? The key is what we learn. Mesirut nefesh, it's called. Self-sacrifice. Because when we are moiser nefesh, when we have self-sacrifice for Hashem, then Hashem does for us miracles. A certain lady came to Rav Yoshiv with a certain question. To do something in modesty that was a bit more than the absolute necessity, because there's no limit to modesty. So Rabbi Yoshif said, you're going to have to make your own choice. But one thing I can tell you, if you decide to go ahead with this choice, I promise you Oilam Haba. Wow. We can leave you to guess what the lady decided to do. But you don't have every day that great rabbis are promising Oilam Haba to people. In the darkness of Yavon, in the darkness of Greece, Yud Vav Nun, it says, it's like quicksand. It starts with a little bit off, a little Yud, and then it goes to a Vav, and then you're into the long, long Nun quicksand. You sink in. Yavon is worship of the external. And we know that one small little family, the Maccabim, that's all they were, a handful of people. They influenced with their self-sacrifice the whole of Klal Yisrael. How do they do this? All of Klal Yisrael had become Mityavnim. They had become Greeks. So how did the Maccabim do it? Because <coughs> they were willing to give their lives. They were moister nefesh. And Hashem made for them miracles. Because what did they do with them, Asiris Nefesh? They it was so deep, so strong, it affected the Shoresh Neshama of all of Am Yisrael. They got to the roots of the souls of Am Yisrael through their Mesiris Nefesh. So Hashem does miracles where there's Mesiris Nefesh. And we are commanded to be careful that no man other than our husband, is attracted to us. And almost all our reward as women depends on our modesty. 
Eliyahu Novi, who is almost coming, when he comes, it's written he's going to makarev et harachoikim and lerachek et hakroivim. What does this mean? He's going to separate those who are near, disperse them, and he's going to bring near those who are far. So bring near those who are far that we can understand. But what does it mean he's going to disperse those who are near? Sages explain the following. Emes, which means truth, in the times before Moshiach, Emes is going to be a little bit there, a little bit there, a little bit there, a little bit there. How's Emes spelled? Truth, how's it spelled? Aleph, a mem, and a taf. These letters are the furthest away from one another in the alphabet. So when the Yawanovi comes, he's going to He's going to bring close the MS. A little bit here, a little bit there, and he's going to bring it all close. That's going to be what's going to be in the ruler, in charge. That's what's going to be, is the MS, the truth. And what is he going to disperse? The Sheker. The Sheker right now, it's falsehood all the way, in every area. Falsehood is Sheker, Shin, Kuf, Resh, three letters next to each other. And he's going to disperse them. It'll be a little bit here, a little bit there. It's all going to be dispersed. Beged, the word for clothing, is spelled to be a bet gimel dalet. It can be bogeid. It can be a traitor to a person when it's falsehood, when the letters are close to each other. A lavush, another word for clothing. Lamed bet shin is exactly following the MS. The furthest away letters from one another. We want to make sure that our clothes are lavush and not traitors. We who see the light in a world of darkness will be victorious. As the following happened some years ago, true story, a certain girl went off Yiddishkeit. She left everything. One Friday before candle lighting, she came to her parents, her mother, she said, look, I'm leaving now, I'm going off with my new friends. I'm leaving everything, I'm leaving Judaism, leaving Yiddishkeit. And she left with her suitcases. The poor parents, you can imagine how saddened they were. They ran off to their rabbi, the rabbi from Slonim, and they told him, this is what happened. So he asked, was there any mitzvah, any commandment she was still connected to? She left everything, but was there anything she was still connected to? So the mother said, yes. She still was wearing her old clothes. Basically, she hadn't left the mitzvah of modesty. She was still wearing her modest clothing. Said the Rav, go and take a thread out of the clothes she left at home. She left some of her clothes at home. And light your Shabbos candles with those threads from her Smirska and pray. The mother went home. She lit Shabbos candles with these threads from the daughter's Smirska clothes, and she prayed. Motzei Shabbos, there was a knock at the door. There stood daughter with her suitcases. I came home for good. And she explained. On Friday night, something happened to me. I don't know what, but I decided that 
I was leaving these new friends and I was returning home, but I didn't want to travel on the Shabbat anymore. So I waited till Motzei Shabbat. Ultimately, Hashem will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her ruins. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her wasteland like a garden of Hashem. Joy and gladness will be found there. Thanksgiving and the sound of music. Nicham Hashem Zion. Nicham Kol Harvoseha. Vayase Midbara Ke'eden. Varvasa Ke'gan Hashem. Sason Vesimcha Yimatseba. Toda Vakolzimra. And Yitz Hashem, Hashem should bless us in the coming of Mashiach Tikkenu, Bimhera Vyameinu. Good evening.